It's time for the Savvy Realtor Podcast. I'm Walter Storholt alongside Angie Cole, the owner and broker in charge of A. Cole Realty, serving you throughout the triangle, teaching you about the ins and outs when it comes to buying or selling a home. You can find the team online by going to acolerealty.com. That's A-C-O-L-E, realty.com, or by calling 919-578-3128. That's 919-578-3128. And now it's time for one of the top Realtors in the triangle, Angie Cole and the Savvy Realtor Podcast. All right, let's get to some questions this week, Angie. Our first stop will be with Miss Tiffany who is in Raleigh and says, my husband and I want to buy a property that can have a business downstairs with an apartment for us to live in upstairs. But if the property is zoned as commercial and we decide at some time in the future that we don't want to operate a business out of the downstairs portion, are we able to use that space however we see fit or would we run afoul of zoning rules? Unfortunately, yeah, you can't flop back and forth without making sure that a home or a property is zoned properly. It goes the same way if you have a residential property zoned residential, you can't just start running a business out of it. So um, same thing. So you need to make sure that it is zoned properly. Um, so if you are thinking about making a space, uh, it's zoned commercial and it will be a business, but all of a sudden you decide you want to actually live in it and use it for more of a residential use, you need to make sure that it gets rezoned. So it's not so easy as just changing your mind, you know, as far as how you want to utilize that space. You need to make sure that it is zoned properly so you're in compliance with the overall restrictions. Yeah, it's uh, kind of a, a neat idea to have, but probably yeah, good to, to, to just remember that, though, if you ever want to stop the business, you may end up needing to sell rather than convert the space. So exactly. exactly. Go into it with eyes wide open like that, Tiffany. But great question. Uh, that, that sounds like a cool one. Are there a lot of good spots like that around the area, Angie? Where would somebody find properties that have that sort of like upstairs apartment living downstairs sure. run a business? I think it's going to be really, really tough to find something that you own the downstairs and also own directly above it. Um, There are many opportunities, of course, in, you know, like North Hills or downtown Raleigh, where there could be businesses on the bottom, almost like more of a strip mall and then residential above. We are seeing more of rentals above those business spaces than we are seeing actual ownership, you know, opportunities. Um, But for example, like the West Building downtown, you know, there are businesses on the bottom floor and then there's condominiums, you know, above and going up, you know, several, several stories from there, which those are for purchases, um, for home ownership. But as far as just finding more of a, I would say like something in like, I don't know, DC or whatnot, where you have like these row homes where you then could have like a business on the bottom and then the actual home upstairs. I don't really know that that exists. And I don't, if it does, I don't know where, where you can buy both of those opportunities. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, I'm sure that I'm sure they're somewhere. Um, they're, they probably exist. And honestly, yeah. Uh, yeah, I know they exist, but honestly, to be very transparent, I, I don't know within our area where you can own, you know, the bottom floor and then live at upstairs yeah. um, and actually have ownership of, you know, that vertical section. I feel like yeah, Car- I, doesn't I Carrie have some, I, I guess those are just businesses that are in homes that like, isn't there like a little section down there near Carrie's downtown that's got, uh, I feel like I've uh, driven yeah. through there before and seen yeah. some like. But they've, they've changed their zoning though, is what's happening. So they're older homes, right? right. More historic homes um, that now, for example, 
remember when I was getting married, one of the places I went to look for my wedding dress, um, this adorable place used to be, it, it was a home, an older historic home right. that has now been flipped, renovated, and now it was a dress shop. But it's, um, not, but again, it's not the, the combo, though, of like living it's in. It's not the combo, yeah. no. The zoning has completely changed. So some zonings do allow, you know, walk-ins and walk-outs um, as far as business practices goes. There's there's really strict requirements on different types of zonings and what they allow as far as utilizing it as a business. So just make sure that you uh, speak with the planning you know, board when it comes to trying to do something like that. Okay, very good. Great question, Tiffany. Thanks for that one. If you have any more questions, feel free to contact Angie. Call or text 919-538-6477. Over to Holly Springs, let's get a question here from Art. Art says, I saw an article that says the top five days to sell a home for maximum price above market value are all in May, the 16th, the 19th, the 20th, 23rd, and 27th, and the 23rd being the best day of the year. Um, So with that being said, should we wait till next May to try and sell the home to take advantage (laughs) of those top performing days? That's, you know, that's so funny. You know, of course, there's must have been a lot of research, you know, to find that those are the top performing days. And I could see that those would be high peaks just because they are right before Memorial Day when schools let out before summer breaks start. And typically when summer breaks begin, for those that are in traditional school, we do see that the housing market slows just a tad. I wouldn't say a lot, but maybe just a tad, um, just because people start to, you know, enjoy the warm weather, take vacations and whatnot. But hitting your active date specifically on one of those days, really, I do not think would steer your pricing one way versus the other. You know, that's, again, a general statement and research. So no, I would not wait until next year, um, just in, in order to hit those days to sell, you know, to think about selling your home. You know, right now, as I've mentioned before, the market is improving. We keep seeing prices go up and up and up. And when we think they can't go up anymore, they continue to go up. But at any point, something like that could change. So I think that's a big risk to wait almost a year to put your home on the market in order to hit those specific days. It's very interesting to uh, kind of look at some of the data that comes through like that. But yeah, yeah, or in any given year, that can that can float and change. It so. can it can flip really really quickly. So I, I wouldn't test that out. <laughs> yeah. I, I would almost guarantee, just based on what we've seen, Angie, that um, you know, twenty twenty one will probably you know cancel out that. There will be some days in June and maybe July and even other months of this year that'll kind of beat those days out this year, just yeah. because of the way the market. I well, just like you know last year. In 2020, it was amazing. The fall and winter months surprised us. You yeah. know, um, I know our team, we actually did more business in the winter months than we did in the spring months. So you just never know what the market holds. None of us can, you know, dictate. We, we can't forecast exactly what will take place. So take advantage of this amazing seller's market and I would say run with it. Um, but as far as getting, you know, the home on the market, you know, our team, we can do that in less than a week. Um, and that includes professional staging, professional photography, floor plan, our just amazing marketing plan. Uh, we can rock and roll with your home so you can take advantage of this amazing market. We're going to go over to uh, Smith, who's in Chapel Hill, named Smith. Uh, Smith says, what interaction does a realtor have with an appraiser during the process of buying and selling a home? Yeah, so actually it's limited just because the appraiser should not have opinions from uh, the parties that, of course, are looking out for the best interests of a buyer or seller. And appraiser should be a third party 
should be an unbiased opinion on the value. Um, so when the appraiser comes through, the homeowner should not be in the home. Uh, the buying agent and the selling agent should not be speaking with the appraiser. The appraiser then will come back with what they feel like the home is truly worth based on data and information as far as what has sold in the past, particularly in that neighborhood or nearby uh, within at max the last year. There are some instances where maybe an appraisal comes in and uh, parties believe that the best comparables were not used to justify the purchase price. Um, at that point, you can try to fight per se uh, that appraisal and send in, you know, some new comparables to help to justify the purchase price. But yeah, as far as interaction, there absolutely should be no interaction with the appraisal. Um, actually, when you do go back and if you do try to fight that appraisal, those comparables are actually sent in to the lender who then shares those with the appraiser. So there should not be communication. That's a great question, though. Thank you, Smith. And uh, we actually have back-to-back appraisal questions for you on the show today, Angie. This next one is from Devin over in Fuquay Verena. And Devin says, how can we be prepared in the event our house appraisal doesn't match the purchase price? And ironically, this is something that you and I were talking about right before the show today. You're running into lots yeah. of these kinds of uh, things to navigate on on you know recent transactions. Yeah, we are. You know, Devin, actually in today's market, that is actually very, very common. Um, it's especially common when we have a list price and we're receiving multiple offers. Of course, with multiple offers, the buyer tends to go above list price. Um, in that scenario, there's always the concern that the purchase price might not meet appraisal value. Okay. Um, so in that scenario, if it's multiple offers, I would assume that as a buyer, you would probably need to make up that gap. So the gap between appraisal value and then your purchase price. So most listing agents, when they list a home, they are listing the home at fair market value, what they feel like the home would appraise for. So going above and beyond that, and of course, is the responsibility of your buying agent to pull comparables to make sure that list price is justifiable. Uh, but with a buyer, if you are going above that list price and what we feel like the comparable support, more than likely, you're going to have an appraisal that comes in low. So we are dealing with low appraisals all of the time. But again, it's understanding the market and we do a wonderful job on educating our buyers that, hey, this is what it's listed at. This is where we think it will appraise. You have decided to go well beyond that. And so if we get into a situation where the home does not appraise for your purchase price, it will be expected that you are making up that gap. Otherwise, a seller will just go with the next best offer. So we are running into that all the time. Um, here and there, though, Walter and I were actually chatting together. We're running into some issues sometimes where appraisers just aren't on board with the ever-so-moving-quickly market. We actually are fighting right now an appraisal where the appraiser pulled comparables from 2020, even though in the neighborhood, exact homes closed in 2021. So it really didn't make sense. But we're in a different market in 2021 versus 2020. So the appraisal came in really, really low, you know, way below list price. And so we're, we're struggling to try to fight that, uh, honestly, just to make it a win-win for both buyer and seller, because honestly, the, the buyer is in shock, the seller's in shock. So that can happen as well. But yes, we, we are running into a lot of uh, hurdles as far as, you know, low appraisals coming in and who's going to make up that gap. That's uh, why the market is really the ultimate determiner of, uh, 
you know, the, the value of a home, uh, what somebody's willing to pay for it is really the best marker because there are so many little moving parts when it comes to comps, right? Because you adjust yeah. the number of yep. bedrooms just a tiny bit, you adjust a zip code just a little bit, or even just hop down a couple of streets or increase acreage just slightly. Or time is now the other one. That's a big one that maybe in the past Time's wasn't as big, big of a one. deal, but it now wasn't, that's a big it wasn't. One. Yeah, just even a couple of months um, as far as the closing date goes, um, we are seeing appraisers adjusting for time, um, which they should because yeah. the market is just moving quickly, moving forward, moving you know up um, as far as prices go. So yes, time is an adjusted uh, factor, I guess, on your appraisal report as well. Or yeah. Should be, should be. You've been listening to the Savvy Realtor Podcast. I'm Walter Storholt alongside Angie Cole. She's the owner and broker in charge of A. Cole Realty here in the Triangle. And if you have questions for Angie, we invite you to go online to acolerealty.com. Listen to past podcast episodes on the website, read the blog and all the great information, including the option to find a home right there on the website. That's acolerealty.com. And you can also call Angie with your questions, 919-578-3128. Did you know that Angie Cole also has a radio show? Tune into the Savvy Realtor, Saturdays at noon on 106.1 FM WTKK.